Hey Kip Nation, welcome back, welcome back all of you all over the world. Make sure that you share this podcast with someone, hit the subscribe button so it'll let you know whenever a new podcast is out. The Kingdom Influencing Podcast is a 24-hour day, 7-day week podcast you can reach anytime, anyplace on most podcast platforms. Today I'd like to get right into it. I want to deal with this topic and I think it's a topic that is relevant for right now for a lot of people and I'll I'll tell you why in a few but I want to share from the topic the God of perfection is not looking for perfection the God of perfection is not looking for perfection many people today are misinformed as to how Christianity actually works Many people think that you have to be perfect in order to be a Christian. A matter of fact, that is also where the misnomer comes in, where people like to put Christians under a microscope or what I would call the microscope of their judgment in order to determine whether or not they are really in relationship with God. But let me say something to you. Only God can judge the thoughts and the intents of the heart of man. Only God really knows how near or how far an individual is away from God. And so we make the cardinal error of judging people by what we see. And yes, sometimes what you see is is exactly what you get, but it can also be the readings of a bad season. It can also be someone going through something that has literally rocked their world and you see them in a position where their optic is out of sorts. But just because they are out of sorts does not mean that they do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. There are times when Certain things happen in our lives that cause so much strife, that cause so much consternation, that cause so much disappointment, that cause so much pain that people are severed from their normal mode of operation. And you will see them in a way that seems less than Christian. However, this is merely a bad day. This is merely a fit of carnality. This is merely being off task, off position, off course, a literal detour, if you will, from who they are, a departure from who their normal personality is. So let me say this. Let me say this. If you were to look right now at Matthew chapter one, it starts off with the genealogy of the family line of Jesus Christ. And in that family line of Jesus Christ, you will see all kinds of people, some of whom are, (laughs) let's put it like this, characters, if you will. And when you look at that, you almost have to ask yourself, well, how did Jesus come out of this family? (laughs) These are his relatives going all the way back to Abraham And even if we start with the first one, which is Abraham himself, 
we see that Abraham was the father of faith. Abraham was a prophet. Abraham was a man of God. Abraham was obedient to God. So I remember when Abraham was literally called by God. He had an encounter with God. And God told him to get up and leave his family. That's a very polemical, difficult situation to be put in. Where you have to get up from everything that you know. From all that is familiar. From everything that may have been promised to you by your dad. You know, if you stay here, you're going to take over this. and We're going to do this together and so on and so forth. And to leave. To go to a place, God said, I will take you to a place that I will show you. In other words, he really did not know where he was going, but he was obedient. The thing that I'm getting at is that many times God calls people and he calls us right where we are to do something different from what we are accustomed to. But the point of the matter is that that does not mean that God is calling a perfect individual. That does not mean that the reason you were called is because you're better than someone else or you're greater than someone else or you're more spiritual than someone else. You were called simply because of the sovereign choice of God. God made choice of you. God had need of you. And God loves us so much that when he calls us, it's like getting into a marriage. And this is a good point for those who are married out there. When you get married, you marry the good, the bad, and the ugly. When God calls us to do a work for him, he knows what our proclivity to sin is. He knows what our default mechanisms and systems of behavioral patterns are. He knows who we are at the very core of our hearts. And yet he calls us to do a work for him. God is not looking for perfection in you. When you are called to do something in God, it may be in church. It may be on your job. It may be in the community. It may be with your family. It may be with your spouse. It may be with your friends. It may be within the context of an organization that you are part of. But when he calls you, he calls you because he has need of you. He calls you because he knows that you will come, that you will submit, that you will pursue, that you will do. But it does not mean that he does not know what you are capable of on the opposite side of the spectrum in terms of your human nature. God knows that we were all born and shaped in iniquity. God knows that we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. That's why he sent his son. God wrapped himself in human flesh, came to earth as Jesus Christ to show us how to live in this life with the people that we are surrounded with in the environments that we are surrounded with and show us that you can still live for God in spite of all of the negativity that surrounds you. 
We have to know that Jesus gave his life for us as a demonstration. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He gave his life as a ransom for us. The ransom paid the cost and the debt of sin when he was buried and rose on the third day with all power in his hand. He had defeated death. He had defeated the grave. He had defeated the devil. And he came with the keys to the kingdom so that we all have a right to eternal life. But not only do we have a right to eternal life, but God gives us an opportunity to live in this world, in this era, in this time, no matter what we are going through, and to live for him. And when we sin, when we mess up, when our behavior is less than godly, we have to understand that the blood covers us. The blood cleanses us. The blood will help us make it to the next day to do it again, not sin again, because when we sin and we repent, we ought to turn from our sin. But the point of the matter is the blood covers our sin. It covers us so that when Christ presents us before the Father, God looks at us. He sees our sin, but he sees the blood of Jesus Christ that covers that sin. And so we have to thank God for Jesus Christ, for the blood that flowed from Calvary's cross. It is efficacious. It never loses its power. So I'm not saying that we sin and keep sinning, but I am saying when you do sin, no matter how many times you sin, ask God to forgive you. Pick up your mat. Pick up your cross. Pick up whatever it is you have to pick up. Pick yourself up and continue. I'm trying to encourage someone today. Encourage yourself and go and do what God have called you to do. Because when you ask forgiveness, God has immediately forgiven you. It's not that God has not forgiven you. The question is, have you forgiven yourself? Well, if God has forgiven you, if the Son have died for you, if the Holy Spirit is inside of you ready to go, then get up and continue to do the work that God has called you to do because God is not looking for perfection. God is just looking for a man. God is just looking for a woman who loves him more than they love this world, who loves him more than they love sin, who loves him more than they love anything or anybody in this world. God must be the object of our affection, but God will use us. God used Abraham. In the 20th chapter of Genesis, Abraham is with his family. They encounter Amalek, the king of the Philistines. Abraham is in turn in fear for his life because Sarah is of such beauty. He thinks that if he tells Abimelech the truth that Sarah is indeed his wife, that they will kill him to get his wife. Well, he tells him he's his sister. Well, God is so God and God is so awesome and God is so great. God intervenes when Amalek is sleeping. He tells him that this is not uh, Abram's sister, but his wife. And if he should sleep with her, that it will cause his family, his kingdom, all kinds of detriment. And God allows him to have a chance 
to let Sarah go. He gives him an option. You can keep Sarah to your detriment or you can let Sarah go and Abraham will pray over you and you will be blessed. The point of the story is simply this, that God knew before Abraham met Abimelech that he was going to lie, that he was going to sin. But God, in his infinite mercy, interceded, stepped in for Abraham, fixed the situation because the plans of God are sovereign. They are sovereign. The plans of God are sovereign and they are for our future. It is for hope, not for our destruction, not for our loss, not for our pain, not for our hurt. God is not trying to hurt you. Sometimes we bring pain on ourselves because of our sin. But there's the healing balm of Gilead that will heal us in our pain, in our sickness, in our sin. God loves us. So with that said, if you have messed up, if you have fallen short, ask God to forgive you. Forgive yourself. God is not looking for perfection, but he's looking for one who will love him with their whole heart, their mind, and soul. So much so that when they mess up, they ask for forgiveness, they pick themselves up and continue to pursue the purposes of God. You have been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun. May God bless you as you pursue the things of God. Go and influence the nations. God bless you.